0: In uh, Isaiah 53, just to, to put it in context for us, uh, the uh, prophet Isaiah is speaking about uh, the Lord Jesus, speaking about the serve the su- serving, uh, s- sorry, the suffering servant. Say that ten times. Uh, we know that it's he's speaking about the Lord Jesus because of a. Uh, a delightful story that we have in the book of Acts, chapter 8. Uh, Jake uh, referred to it last last week. It was the story of the Ethiopian uh, minister of finance. He had been in Jerusalem. In Acts 8, we discovered that he was there uh, to worship in, in some way. Uh, on his way back to Ethiopia, he... He came in. He came in uh, the possession of one of Isaiah's scrolls. Now that in its that in itself was uh, miraculous because uh, friends, you didn't go to the local Bible bookstore to buy a portion of the Word of God at that point. They were so prized so that even when they were finished. With the scrolls, they didn't simply just discard it. They, they kept it in special areas of the, uh, of the synagogue uh, for safekeeping. But he, he was driving along in his chariot, and he's, he's reading through Isaiah's scroll. And supernaturally, uh, that godly deacon, Philip, uh, is is there? And so this Ethiopian uh, minister of finance is is reading, and uh, he he says to Philip, uh, Philip, uh, uh, who who is Isaiah speaking about here? Is he speaking about himself, or who is he speaking about? And the very passage that he was dealing with is in Isaiah fifty three, and Isaiah or or uh, Philip then was able to. Open up the scriptures to him and preach unto him, Jesus. Isaiah fifty three is talking about the Lord Jesus. I say that because there are uh, some scholars who would say, "Well, no, it's not talking about Christ. It's talking about one of the disciples, or, it's, or, or one of the prophets, or or it could be even the." Uh, nation of Israel itself, but it, it's not. It's talking about Jesus, and and it's it's proven by that particular passage in uh, in in in, in uh, chapter eight of um, of Acts. And so um, Isaiah is speaking here about the Lord Jesus. What does he tell us about Jesus? Well. He tells us, first of all, from my perspective at least, in the passage that I'd like to share with you today as we gather together at the Lord's table, that there was a substitution that took place, for our place in our place. So, for instance, in verse 4, he took, us, took, took up our pain or our, uh, our sufferings. In, in verse five, Isaiah says, "He was pierced for our in- transgressions, and, and was 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 crushed for our iniquities. Uh, the punishment that uh, that was brought us peace uh, was uh, on him, and by his wounds we are healed. There is a A substitution that's taking place here. Um, Our sin for on him that um, Isaiah is speaking about. In verse 12, he was numbered uh, with the transgressors and he bore the sin of many. Substitution. Is an interesting word in the scriptures. It's it's there right from Genesis to Revelation. Um, it, it means literally to to take the place of another. Uh, it's 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 totally through everything in the scriptures. It is the essence of the transaction that has taken place on the cross of Jesus Christ. One is written just as surely as there was an actual cross, an actual body, an actual death, an actual tomb, an actual blood, an actual resurrection, there also was an actual atonement, not merely The possibility of an atonement. When you look at the passage, as we'll get to, substitution takes seriously. It takes seriously the sinfulness of sin. Notice what it says. The word sin is an interesting word in the scriptures. Um, It's like the word love that we, we would translate in, uh, in English. But in, 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 the, in the biblical sense, there are many uh, meanings, if you will, in terms of the word love. The same with the word sin. Sin has many meanings or, or applications in terms of what it looks like. And Isaiah has uh, several of those in this particular passage. And since the sinfulness of sin takes seriously what took place on the cross, I thought for a while this moment this moment that we would that we would look at this. It's not something that we uh, like to talk about because uh, sin is one of those situations where or subjects that people are thinking, oh no, I. I'm really not a sinner. I, I, you know, I've made a few mistakes. I, I'm a pretty good guy. But, but the Bible has a, a, a really interesting way of getting around all of those excuses that people will will use in terms of the word sin. The first one we discover, is that it is it is introduced as a broken law. This is the meaning of the word transgression in uh, verse 5. He was pierced for our transgressions. It means literally to do not trespass. Do not trespass. Or... More precisely, it means to miss the mark. When I was uh, uh, younger, which is just a few years ago now, we were uh, Lois and I were were newly married. At that point, I was heading for uh, a career as an accountant, and I worked in a, in an accounting office. Um, as an accountant, um, I uh, liked to liked to uh, make sure that our money was always very carefully uh, looked after. Now, once in a while, I would I would bring some roses home for Lois, and it was like, wow, that's that's really nice. Thank you very much. And then the accountant in me figured out. This is costing me a fortune. <laughs> Every time I bring roses, it's like, what? So, bright boy that I am, I was in Toronto one time, and I was in a very nice store called Burks. Anybody heard of Burks? And they to, had, had to happen at, at that point, um... These gorgeous China roses. I thought, wow, this is, this is an investment. <laughs> right? So I thought, rather than spending all the time and money, you know, bringing roses, I'll, I'll just bring some of these home. And that will sort of, you know, that'll be, that'll be great. So I brought them home. They're a nice box. And uh, opened them up. I said, Lois, uh, this is for you. Um, I, I'm not going to be bringing other roses home now. Because this is... It. My wife looked at me and is like, what planet are you from? <laughs> I soon discovered I had missed the mark on that one. That's the idea that, um, that Isaiah is speaking about here in, in, in transgressions, to miss the mark. Um, a number of years ago, as, as, as you perhaps remember, Lewis and I uh, spent the summers on Prince, on Prince Edward Island on Vancouver Island at a camp. And one of the activities at the camp was archery. Now, years ago... We also were at the, at the camp, but it wasn't quite as developed in those days. And archery was one of the activities, but it really was not archery. There was a, a man who looked after the archery area, and he was a purist in terms of archery. We're dealing with eight- and nine-year-old kids. The bow for some of the kids, was higher than they were. And he was trying to teach these kids how to properly use a bow and arrow so that they could hit the mark. They were not doing it. The arrows were going all over the place. I soon discovered you stay out of that area. They missed the mark. Paul, in Romans chapter uh, 5 and, and verse 23, says to us, you know what? Uh, for all of us, for all of us, all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. What's the goal? The glory of God. Every one of us have fallen short of, of that glory that we are so striving for. How do people do that? A lot of people feel like um, I'm, I'm going to be there. I'll, you know, no question. I'm a I'm a good boy. You know, I've 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 done I've done whatever I could. I haven't really done that bad. And 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 in the great. In the great balance of things, I'm, I'm going to be there. No, friend, if that's, if that's the attitude that you have, you will always fall short of the glory of God because of the sin in our lives. The next one that Paul, or that, that Isaiah speaks about is the, the fact that there is a twisted character in verse 5. He was crushed for our iniquities. The meaning of the word iniquity means literally to be crooked. You say, Sam, I I did not want to come to church this morning for somebody to tell me that I'm crooked. Sorry about that, but you are. As a as a sinner, we all are, are are crooked. Uh, the psalmist put it like this in Psalm 40, and verse 20 and verse 12. For innumerable uh, evils have uh, com- uh, have compassed me, uh, and and my my iniquities have uh, taken hold of me, uh, so that so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of my head. My friends, apart from the grace of God, we can never look up to see Him. Why? Because of our sin. Uh, Isaiah then says that there's a shattered peace in verse 5. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. Isaiah 48 puts it this way. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. Are you looking for peace in your life? Today, the peace that um, so many people think about is, is not biblical peace. Uh, they, they just want to they just want most people just want to be left alone. You know, don't don't bother me. Just just leave me alone. That's not the peace that Jesus gives. The peace that the Lord Jesus is speaking about, and the peace that Isaiah is speaking about is deep peace. Because outside of Christ, there is no peace. In Christ, there is peace. If you're looking for peace today in your life, you will never find it other than in the person of Jesus Christ. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to to himself all things, whether uh, things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace. Through what? The blood shed on the cross. Apart from the blood of Christ, there is no peace. Also, Isaiah says that there is a gaping wound in verse 5, describing what our sin is like. And by his wounds, we are healed. Isaiah has already spoken about the fact that there is a that there is an absolute gaping wound in our lives. He writes, "Your whole body, your whole head is injured. Uh, your whole head, heart is uh, is afflicted." In verse six. Uh, From the sole of your foot to the top of your head, there is no soundness, only wounds, welts, and open sores. There is a gaping, gaping wound, a mortal, spiritual wound. In our lives. That he, Christ, can heal. Let me point out that many people today would suggest and would preach that what Isaiah is speaking about in this particular part of the passage is is a healing of the body. That is not what Isaiah is Spock is speaking about. There, There are people who believe that because of the death of Christ and in his atonement, that we all need to be or should be healed. That doesn't even make sense, my friends. What Isaiah is speaking about here is not physical healing, but it is spiritual healing. We have a gaping wound, and the only way that that will be healed is in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Also, we discover that Isaiah says there is a wayward life in verse 6. We all, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us, every one of us, has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquities of us all. We are, we, my friends, are sinners by birth. We are sinners by choice. We are undone other than the grace of God. We discover that that's the bad news in Isaiah 53. But we discover the great news, the great news in Isaiah 53. And as we gather together at the Lord's table, I trust that we're able to celebrate with joy what has taken place. Substitution takes seriously the sacrifice of Christ. Substitution takes seriously the seriousness of sin. But the substitutionary death of Christ takes seriously the sacrifice that was his. Sin, sin has been removed. Sin has been expunged in terms of our lives. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross. And we can say, thank you, Lord, for that. discover that this sacrifice of Christ is a substitutionary sacrifice. It is a selfless sacrifice. He gave himself for us. He is the one and only person who could do that. As the God-man who could reconcile God to man, but also can reconcile men to God. He is the one who has done it. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free, for God the just is satisfied. Look on him and pardon me. And that means, my friends, that the penalty of our sins has been paid. It means that in our lives, when sin happens and takes place, that the Spirit of God has the power through us to move beyond. The attitude of, pray, of, 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 of sin in our lives. And then ultimately, ultimately, from the very presence of sin when we see him face to face. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24 and 25 says these words. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. For you were like sheep gone astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. Therefore, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And my friends, as we gather together this morning at the Lord's table, I trust that we would recognize In many ways, the ugliness of our sin, of what He has done, but the glory of what Christ has accomplished for us on the cross.